work on that edge the whole day because if one little thing goes wrong, the rest of the day could just fall in the ocean. Yeah. And in that high of just working at that level, knowing that one little mistake will just set you over the edge, but it never happens. It's yeah. the, the adrenaline, adrenaline rush of being there. So if you're not plan if you don't want to get anything done that day, then you can make eye contact with all your regulars. You are listening to Fort Worth Food Stories, brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. All right, welcome to Fort Worth Food Stories. I'm your host, James Grange. I'm joined today by Curtis James, the chef and owner of Vickery Cafe. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's, it's great to have you out here. Um, so I grew up in New Jersey, and in New Jersey, there's, there's basically a diner on every corner. Uh-huh. Um, so when I moved out here, I was relatively disappointed by the lack of, of diners in the area um, until I, I found you guys. Uh, you became one of my, my favorites real quickly. Um, but what was it about the diner scene that attracted you away from? I know you were doing uh, fine dining before mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Well, um, just the uh, learning locals. Uh, you know, you're you don't have as many regular customers. I don't think when you have upscale restaurants in the evening, uh, breakfast is more casual. You get a lot of regulars, a lot of conversation. You build a lot of rapport with all your customers, um, and also uh, it's nights aren't really great for families yeah. for family life so you tend to have the, the nights free when you have a breakfast and lunch operation so kind of all those things together uh, and i'm guessing that uh with fine dining as well you don't get as much time to come out and actually interact with the customers are you able to interact as the chef at uh, i am cafe? i am i mean on weekends we get pretty busy but uh i mean i always try to find time to walk through the restaurant and make sure everybody's happy with their meals you yeah. know Check on all the kiddos with their pancakes on their faces and stuff. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, so what, with that background of fine dining, um, what have you used from that to incorporate into your Vickery Cafe menu, if anything? Well, I mean, I try to do um, like spinoffs of like um, different, like Tex-Mex and Cajun, which are my favorite cuisines. Okay. And I try to tie those menu items into the menu. And then a lot of the techniques I learned over the past, you know, use those proper cooking techniques to to create specials and things like that so yeah cool so what uh did you have like an etouffee or something on the menu at some point yeah we did we did we had a shrimp etouffee for a while for our lunch special so not not something you'd expect at a diner but that's that's yeah yeah Yeah, exactly yeah that's pretty cool i like that pulling that influence and and before we had to scale down our menu with covid we had uh, a creole scramble okay a Cajun omelet, and then uh, homemade tasso ham and eggs, things like that. So but what was the Cajun omelet? It was the tasso andouille, uh, Cajun, Cajun vegetables, the trinity, the holy trinity of Cajun yeah. cooking, uh, and then hollandaise sauce, you know, on top. So okay. it was a pretty good combination, you know. any Pretty much anything goes with eggs, you mm-hmm. know, pretty much anything, chili, sauce, cheese, anything, you know, but to combine all those Creole and Cajun ingredients into it, an egg dish, you know, it really enhances the flavor of it. So, so were you a breakfast guy before you started this? Uh, when I first started in uh, hotels, I started out as a breakfast cook. So that's kind of where I learned, you know, the ins and outs. And then I worked at a couple little places on the side that kind of gave me some good ideas. So basically just over time, I just kind of built, learned some things and always wrote, you know, put a note in the back of my head that, hey, I want to do this whenever one day when I do open up a, a breakfast and lunch yeah. place. So. 
That's cool. Always kind of taking notes and remind, remember for later. Don't have a great memory, but <laughs> things like that, I always try to say, okay, this is something I will use down the road. So Yeah, that's cool. I, I love uh, just any place that has all-day breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just probably my favorite thing yeah. to eat. I love cooking breakfast for dinner. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's neat. Um, this place, whenever you read about it, whenever you hear about it, whatever, I, I think people are always describe it as kind of like the hidden gem in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that's by design? I mean, I know you guys are a little bit tucked away in terms of location, but um, what are your marketing efforts like, or is it more word of mouth? Well, I mean, when I, I took the restaurant over like eight and a half years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, um, at that time, there was a customer base there already, so I didn't have to do a lot of marketing, but... Um, but I tried to kind of make things a little more upscale and, and I'm not, I don't have a strong marketing background. So I kind of just built things over word of mouth, Yeah, you know, and over time it finally got around and we finally started establishing ourselves as a pretty, pretty busy breakfast spot. So, yeah, that's cool. I, I think, uh, that's how I heard about you is, is, you know, we're trying to find somewhere to eat and my friend just suggested, Oh, how about Vickery cafe? I, mm-hmm. I went there last week with my family. And, mm-hmm. um, so it, it seems like now I'm the one that's kind of telling people yeah, to, to yeah. go to Vickery cafe. And that's kind of what people. we relied on, you know? Yeah. It's, I think that's cool. It's a, a neat way to do it. Um, do, with that in mind, and, and you talked about your customers a little bit as well, but do you ever, do you have like that movie trope type customer where, um, they come in, they sit down with their newspaper, and they sit there for an hour with oh, their yeah. cup of coffee. Oh, yeah. yeah, you have your regulars. Oh yeah, we yeah. do have regulars for sure. Yeah, that's and, cool. <laughs> and if you if you make eye contact with them, you're stuck talking to them for thirty minutes too. So you know. <laughs> so if you're not plan- if you don't want to get anything done that day, then you can make eye contact with all your regulars. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> mo- they all do like to talk. So yeah, that's why yeah. um, I've I've even found out the place. I'm assuming they're regulars. I, I don't go enough to know, but. Um, where I'll sit down and people just come up and recommend something on the menu to me. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I think that's pretty neat. I yeah. like that. There, there's like a special feel about diners. Um, they, they kind of hold their own yeah. um, like atmosphere. And that's kind of one of the things, too, I guess, that, that I didn't hit on, but it's kind of a family environment, you know, especially at the counter. It's kind of like people. I always tell my staff that people that sit at the counter are like guests in your home. You yeah. Know? So you've got to, you got to treat them like guests. Mm-hmm. And everything you say, they will hear. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because you guys, yeah, I mean, it is kind of open kitchen, right? Yeah. And everything. So yeah. uh, you are kind of caught in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I know one of the, the restaurant types that was most affected by COVID would be breakfast places, breakfast and lunch spots. Um, people aren't commuting anymore as much. A lot of people are working from home. Um, what was it like at the beginning of quarantine and, and the beginning when all this hit? Um, and, and trying to figure out how to deal with all these new changes. Well, um, in the beginning, I decided to just shut things down, and it probably was a mistake. Okay. Because I think even doing carryouts, and, and, uh, which we actually later signed up for DoorDash, doing that would have been a better route because when you completely cut off your revenue stream altogether, yeah. even if you're bringing in little bits of money, it helps you at least going for a little bit longer. But sure. because of that, we were really in the hole. Uh, but when we opened back up, we did get the payroll protection program loan with the government, and that okay. really helped us the first uh, six to eight weeks because we were we had government support for our employee salaries, so we could actually staff heavy to adhere to all the standards, you know, okay. the, the newer standards. Now, after that went away, it then it became more challenging, mm-hmm. you know, um, because you know you're going through more paper products, disposable items, yeah. um, sanitizer. 
um, print ink for your uh, computer for printing menus out. So you're, you're, there's things that you didn't have to worry about before that you are having to worry about now. Gloves, masks, masks you yeah. know, all those things. So there are additional costs. Mm-hmm. So it, th- that's the biggest struggle, I think. I mean, you know, luckily we haven't had any issues with our staff or customers that we know of that have come down with COVID. So we've been lucky there. So what, uh, how, how long was it until you opened back up then? I think March, I mean, May the 3rd okay. is when we opened. I think it was May 3rd um, because I think I think the governor gave us the okay to open, but it was on a Saturday when he okayed it, and we waited till Monday, I okay. think. Okay, yeah. got it. Well, I think it was May 3rd, if I was, I'm not mistaken. but So then, let you know, that's that's kind of, you, you shut down quick. Mm-hmm. You know, then you're opening back up May 3rd. Um, did you have a lot of customers doing takeout, or was it slow at first? Uh, the first couple of weeks were really slow. I mean, and it seemed like we were starting to grow our sales again, not pre-COVID, but we were, we were, when we first opened up, we we're probably doing a third of what we've normally done. Okay. And then we built up to about half, but then the, uh, the mask mandate came in Texas and that scared people away again. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of dipped down again. Um, sure. we've been slowly climbing since then. Yeah. So you're, are you starting to see regulars coming back in? And yeah. Stuff like I that? mean, our sales are still down probably 25 to 30% right now, but it's, it's survivable at this yeah. point, you know, but who knows what tomorrow's going to bring, you know? For sure. I mean, yeah, for at sure. At this point, we're surviving. You know, we have no plans at all to close. I mean, we, you know, we're going to have to ride through it, but, yeah. uh, it, it, you know, we have to roll with the punches, you know, depending on what happens. Mm-hmm. But at, at this point, we have slowly grown. Okay. Uh, we're not anywhere near where we were pre-COVID, but... You know, at least we're at a point where we can survive. Absolutely, so. yeah. So as as a quick plug for anyone that's thinking of, of ordering there, I, I got um, one, a sandwich, and then a burger, uh, both takeout, and they were wonderful and delicious, and mm-hmm. they tasted just as good bringing it home. So well, good. Um, if people want to go uh, try Vickery Cafe and they're not comfortable eating out, it's it's great takeout um, as well. Um, and, and yeah, let, moving off of COVID, um, you know, I, I think – one of the things that I really love about your restaurant is your burgers, which uh, I just I just was saying I got takeout. Um, but what is it that's special about your burgers? Do you are you making them fresh in house? We uh, we grind our own meat. Okay. We use a mixture of chuck and brisket. Okay. And we also make our hamburger buns at our other location. We make all of our bread products at our other restaurant. Okay, which is in uh, Hearst? In Hazlitt. Hazlitt, Hazlitt. yeah, Sorry. Texan Diner. We make our brioche bread, our wheat white, and our hamburger buns, which is like a beer and honey hamburger it's bun. It's delicious, yeah. And we make that at our other restaurant. So every bread product you buy, other than the English muffin, is made at our other restaurant. Okay. The meat is ground fresh. The only thing we don't do is we may not make our own cheese. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, pretty much everything else, yes, it. but everything else pretty much is made in-house. Okay. And yes. and what, uh, how, how's it going at the other restaurant? Is it? It's about the same. Yep. I mean, it's, it's pretty similar as far as the pattern, you know, of recovery goes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little different clientele there. We do a little more lunch business there than breakfast. Okay. But overall, it's a pretty very similar situation. You're looking at about the same menu at, at each it's, location. It's almost identical. Cool. Um, you know, I tried to make it streamlined to where if we have to use people at each one or, mm-hmm. you know, train at the other one and try to keep it as simple as possible. You know, for streamlining things. So, okay. and we do. We also uh, our tasso ham that we have on weekends now. 
we smoked that at our other restaurant. Brian didn't smoke it at our other restaurant as well. So okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I, th- I think um, for anyone listening, uh, we have some listeners out in that in that Hazlitt area. So uh, go check out uh, Texan Diner out there. Um, what what's the uh, I, so diners back home? Kind of the the issue with diners back home is that you know going in there's a there's a ten page menu and mm-hmm. you know you never know what's going to be fresh, what's going to be frozen, that kind of thing. You guys have a, a bit smaller of a menu than that. You're talking about doing your burgers in house, everything but the cheese. Uh, is that kind of true for all the menu items? Yes, I mean I, I that's my philosophy is try to try to make everything you can from scratch unless yep. you can't make it as good from scratch as you can buy it mm-hmm. then i will buy like the only thing i do buy is our hash browns shredded okay. hash browns because it's a good product we can't make it better by doing it ourselves yeah but pretty much everything else we do if we can make it better efficiently and feasibly cost wise then we'll make it ourselves yeah i think that's a great philosophy so yeah. with that in mind did you keep it a little bit of a smaller menu intentionally for that reason uh yeah it, it was a little bigger i don't know if you ate there pre-covid but i did yeah okay yeah, I did. We, we did have a little more expanded menu but it may not be compared to you know some chain restaurants they sure. have a lot bigger menus but yeah. we are working with a smaller kitchen there too that's one of the if i, if I had a bigger staff and a bigger kitchen i'd probably want to do an expanded menu but okay kind of have to deal the hand you're you know play the hand you were dealt you know yeah. So. No, I, I, to me, it's like the perfect size yeah. menu. I, yeah. Of course, if you add a few more items or whatever mm-hmm. on there, but there's there's plenty to choose from. If yeah. you go every day, you can always get something different, uh-huh. um, which I, I think is cool. Uh, what are some of your favorite items on the menu? Uh, I like the Creole scramble. I like the Cajun stuff, to be of honest course. with you. Of course, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> that's something that I, I'm not, I don't have a drop of Cajun blood in me, but I kind of really learned the cuisine and did some research on it, and they've really got great flavors, yep. great flavors in the cuisine. So those are my favorites, the Cajun omelet, the Creole scramble, which is, uh, it's not on the menu now because it's, a, but we are offering on weekends at, at times the special. Okay. It's like the caramelized Trinity vegetables of New Orleans with uh, scrambled eggs and hollandaise on top. And then we do a jalapeno corn cake okay. and andouille sausage links grilled. Yeah, I, I love. It seems like all of your specials are like that, where it's every part of the special really yeah. comes together. It's not let's just throw this uh, Creole eggs scramble with everything else that's normally on our yeah. menu. You know, it's well, a we, do, we, do we do try to put some thought into it. Yeah, so. I, I love that. Um, yeah. What are some of the other good kind of daily specials that you guys? Are uh, well, during the week we do on Mondays we do a half fried chicken. Um, it's and actually it's dipped in like a Cajun sauce. Mm-hmm. And it's served with a honey butter, okay. uh, Cajun honey butter sauce, and that's a really good value because it's nine bucks for a half a fried chicken with a drink. Nine nice. bucks plus yeah. tax out the door. Uh, Tuesday is always our, a big day. People coming for our chicken pot pie, mm-hmm. individual chicken pot pies, and then Wednesday we do a uh, King Ranch chicken. Thursday we do uh, chicken parmesan, which is okay. really popular, and then Friday we do catfish a couple different ways. Okay. But we did do offer, um, before pre-COVID, we had two lunch specials every day, a, a daily entree salad and a daily soup. But we yeah. had to kind of scale those things back after COVID. Of course. So we're, yeah. we're definitely excited to get to yeah. post-COVID yes. times and, and, and get back to that. Yeah. And then on weekends, we always do a sweet and a savory uh, breakfast special. Mm-hmm. Something usually like some type of Eggs Benedict or some type of omelet, or like a play on Eggs Benedict and then a sweeter like a pancake or French toast, stuffed French toast. Like the last couple of weeks, we've done the pumpkin stuffed French toast. Okay. You know, kind of seasonal thing. Cool. 
So we kind of try to do a sweet and a, and a savory on weekends. And then you've got that, that Texas Belgian waffle, which is yes. like you're almost known for. Yeah. And that's kind of a special in and of yeah. itself, right? <laughs> and, and that is something that I don't make the batter because it's Carbon's waffles, waffles that makes the batter. Okay. And I can't make a better batter than they make. So yeah. <laughs> I just use theirs. And, and we use the one that you add your own butter and eggs and water. And it's just a mix. But... You add butter, water, and eggs, and it's the best waffle you'll ever have. It, it seriously, it yeah. is. I, I'm not big on getting waffles out because I have my own waffle maker and I love to do that. But you're the only spot that I'll buy a waffle yeah. out because it's it's that good. Yeah, and you don't, you know, and we use only real butter in all of our ingredients. So. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, so what is that? Probably like the the most popular menu or or, or item on your menu? Excuse me. The waffles. Yeah. You know, it, it depends. I think they're all pretty popular. I mean, I think we have a good pancake recipe. Um, our French bread, our French toast, which we make our own brioche at our other restaurant. And then we do sell waffles. I mean, there's, you know, I think we, we move quite a few items. I think yeah. if you had to say our biggest seller is probably our uh, ranch hand, which is three eggs, potatoes, bacon, sausage, and then a, a biscuit with sausage gravy. That's probably our biggest seller, just yeah. because it's Very Texas. more of a staple <laughs> Texas item. Yeah, yes, yes. For sure. Um, so, I, you know, we've had a lot of people on the podcast that have owned restaurants before, uh, but you're one of the few that also still works in the back of the house. What is it about the back of the house that's so appealing to you? Uh, it's just the excitement, I guess, of, um, I know a friend of mine told me that uh, what drives chefs is, you know, you're one little mistake away from the place entirely imploding. Yeah. You know, you work on that edge the whole day because if one little thing goes wrong, the rest of the day could just fall in the ocean. Yeah. And in that high of just working at that level, knowing that one little mistake will just set you over the edge, but it never happens. It's yeah. the, the adrenaline, adrenaline rush of being there, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, kind of hard to explain, but. But uh, that I guess that's part of it. It's just the it's excitement, you know. It's high energy, mm-hmm. you know. It's not for people that are um, low key, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <know>? yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need a certain temperament for yes. sure. So if you're you're cooking every day, you're in the back of the house, or or you know the days you're working, whatever, and and you get that high adrenaline rush. When you go home, are you cooking much at home anymore, or uh, it's not the adrenaline? I there, do, so? I do, but I try to keep it simple at home. Okay, yeah. yeah. Because if I did a lot of extravagant stuff at home, I probably wouldn't have the drive to be creative at work. You yeah, know? yeah. I'm, I'm actually glad you brought that up, that creativity, because I wondered if you tried stuff out at home that you then incorporated at work, or are you is is the stuff that you're trying out new on the menu? Are you, are you typically trying it at one location and bring it to the other? How does that process work? Uh, well, I have two kitchen managers at both restaurants too, and I try to give them some leeway with creativity. I mean, I try to help them with specials, but I also give them some latitude on that. So they, they can kind of do their own thing. But a lot of the core items I did develop on my own over time, right. some at home, you know, just some over time at, at the restaurants. Most of the core staple items, you yeah. know, I did develop those and those have been tested by me and, you know, we try to keep those things as consistent as possible. And what's that process like of testing it out? How many times are you trying something before you feel like you've landed on it? Uh, I think a two or three. Unfortunately, with baking stuff, you you can't really experiment too much. Yeah, You've got to be pretty precise. Yeah. But I'd say two or three times and, and you know... It is most of the times, honestly, they just take a couple of minor tweaks and, and they're a good product, good mm-hmm. item. Okay. You know, 
Because, you know, if you know the techniques and you know pretty much what's going to work, you may just have to tweak little things. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That makes sense. Uh, so I saw that you were on Mike in the Morning in 2014, so a, a little bit of a while ago now. Um, but, but was it nerve-wracking to cook on live TV? I feel like I'd be afraid the whole time I'd mess up. Oh, yeah. It was very, very nerve-wracking, you know. And uh, they were great, though. They 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 know people are new at that, and they they really guide you along. And, they, yeah. you know, they, they keep asking you questions, I guess, and that really helps, which... You know, I, I didn't know what to expect, but they really, they really helped me through it a lot, real, okay. real well. I mean, it was, it was actually pretty smooth. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, because I, I was watching you guys flip the French toast. I was just thinking, I feel like I'd be shaking so much yeah, if I throw it yeah, on the ground or yeah, something. Yeah. But. I was scared of that, but you know, everything <laughs> went good. You know, can't complain at all. So <laughs> it did. It, it yeah. seemed to go really well. Um, so as we we start to kind of wind this down here, um, I just want to talk about your Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, deals that you've got coming up. Could you just tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, we're offering uh, takeout at both restaurants this year. Um, in the past few years, we've only done it at Texan Diner, but we're going to offer it at Vickery also, where it's uh, enough for 10 to 12 people, and you okay. can choose from either um, house-smoked uh, turkey breast or a combination of house-smoked turkey and Cajun tasso ham. Okay. Um, with And they you, come, you choose three sides and two uh, whole pies. Uh, so it's actually a really good value. Um, normally, people say they have enough to, you know, to feed twenty people, but we plan on it for about ten to twelve people. Okay. And if you're smaller than that, you can you have enough for leftovers for the entire weekend. And are you doing any kind of breakfast takeout as well, or is it just a dinner? No, not not right now. Um, I know over past years we've uh, customers have wanted to come in for breakfast mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving and. I don't know. The wifey is not not real hip on me working all day. Thanksgiving, we try to make it streamlined to where we know what we have to make. Okay. We get it done, and we try to get our staff out early okay. so they can spend cool. time with their family. If we were to offer breakfast on Thanksgiving, it would probably entail a lot more hours for all the staff and everybody. Sure. And I don't know if we want to, in you know, go that in depth in it. Too. No, I mean, people can get breakfast yeah. elsewhere or make it on their own. I, I think that's nice that you guys yeah. do that, and, and the meals sound really good. You mm-hmm. mentioned the pies as well. Yeah, um, I love the pies that you guys have over there. Um, is that also your inspiration? Or are you more on the savory side, or do you do both? I do both. Um, I mean, I when I inherited uh, Vickery, um, I used some of their pie recipes, but I've tweaked them over time, kind of to. You know what I what I want them to, and what I envision them to be. You know okay. I want them to be. I want everything I serve to be the best it can be. Mm-hmm. And if I can make changes to make it the best it can be, then I'll do those changes. And that's kind of what I'm doing over time. Okay. Cool. And uh, I take pride in that. That you know I try to make the best, give you the best possible product you can get. Yeah, I, I think uh, I hope that comes through in the, in this. Uh, but for sure, every time I've eaten there. Um, it's always the best. It's never, I never mm-hmm. leave disappointed yeah. um, with, with what I'm eating. Um, just to kind of wrap it up, last question for you. Um, if there's some people listening to this that are still kind of hesitant about coming out um, to a restaurant, um, eating eating out, uh, what would you say to those people? What, what kind of precautions are you taking? And, and do you feel like it's safe to eat in your uh, restaurants? I mean, I think it's, we, we do everything we can. We, um, Make sure that all ready-to-eat food are touched with only gloves. All of our staff are always wearing their masks, washing hands regularly. Uh, we sanitize all the heavy contact areas hourly. Uh, we do everything that we can do, and, it, and I, I still understand that there are some people that are hesitant. And uh, We also offer uh, DoorDash 
uh, free delivery within a certain area okay. or takeout, which is an option for those people. Um, and you know, it'll just take, it'll take a long time to get, I think everybody back, you know, mm-hmm. it'll take, you know, who knows months, years for everybody to feel comfortable again. But I just let everybody know that we are doing everything in our power that above and beyond what the CDC recommends to, uh, to uh, keep our food safe. That's great. Yeah, that's, that's great. And, and hopefully it makes people feel uh, comfortable as well. I've, I've eaten there one time since COVID, uh, actually in the restaurant and, and I felt totally comfortable um, so, uh, I think everything you said is, is very spot on there. Um, so last thing, sorry, I told you that was the last thing, but will you let everyone know where they can find uh, Texan diner and Vickery cafe, um, both the physical locations and then also online social media. Yeah. All that. yeah um, uh, Vickery cafe is at 4120 West Vickery. Uh, it's just South of, uh, uh, Montgomery off of, uh, uh, Montgomery and 30. It's just south of there. And then uh, in, in Hazlitt, Texan Diner is at 2488 Avondale Hazlitt Road, right on the corner of 718 and 287, okay. uh, 287 where the Walmart is. Okay, cool. And then how about online, social media? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, no worries. TexanDiner.com and VickeryCafe.com are our Facebook pages as well, Vickery Cafe or Texan Diner. Okay. And like, like I said, also DoorDash, um, we do quite a bit of DoorDash now at both restaurants. So uh, you can type in the same information on DoorDash and depending on where you are, um, I'm not sure their radius, but uh, depending on where you are, you could possibly get free delivery as well. Okay, cool. So DoorDash. And it doesn't cost any more other than small delivery fees, yeah, I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. So DoorDash, takeout, dine-in. Christmas and Thanksgiving dinners. A lot of options for for anyone listening. Chris, thank you so much for coming on today. I I enjoyed speaking with you, and and hopefully um, things start or keep going in in the right direction. Thank you. It was a pleasure being here. That episode was brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. Culinary School of Fort Worth offers a nine-month program that has savory, baking and pastry, kitchen management classes, as well as a two-month externship that will be at the end of your nine-month program. If you are interested in learning more about the school or coming out for a tour, uh, you can call 817-737-8427. That's 817-737-8427. Or you can head to their website, csftw.edu. That's csftw.edu.